trending news right now. At exactly four o'clock, let's take a look at what's happened in social media in the last 24 hours. Joined by SABC digital content creator and social commentator, Musisiwe Khadebe. Khadebe, how are you on this Tuesday? Morning, 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 Asa. Um, I'm okay, thank you. How are you? I'm good, thank you very much. It's a new month. It's a short one. New month. The month of yes. love. How do you feel about that one, that bit, <laughs> the, th- the last bit that I said? <laughs> month of self-love. Self-introspection. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love that. All right. Let's uh, go straight to it. Today we're starting by uh, talking about hashtag ANC. The mm. National Executive Committee uh, are being told to start the retrenchment process of Lutuli House staff. Allegedly, reportedly, there could be about 50% of uh, you know the, the, the staff that's being retrenched, according to what had been previously said by ANC Treasurer General Paul Mashatile, who has not confirmed now after some time. But uh, tell us more. Yes, Asa. And, you know, this one is is, is interesting um, because I remember last year we, would, we were speaking about how, you know, the staff were complaining that they had not been paid for Just eight months. months ago, yeah. Yes. And it seems also um, that, you know, November and December salaries are still outstanding. Um, according to reports, the staff has uh, down tools. But with regards to this, um, the, you know, they're saying that the party is essentially broke and that, you know, they have a bloated staff complement and they are also ghost workers. They are people who are being paid but were not actually working. So what they 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 trying to do with this retrenchment process or, or getting rid of people process of Section 189 is to get rid of actually people who don't work or ghost workers. Mm. or Yeah, that's what essentially they're saying. But um, it's not really, really official. It's based by, you know, like from sources within the, the National Executive Committee. And, um, you know, it's right now it's still rumors in the sense that, you know, the, the, the ANC wants to do this because, you know, when they were asking the spokesperson to confirm, um, he directed people to the statement, um, the ANC statement after the NEC, uh, which doesn't really give much detail about the situation. As you say, I mean, the, there was a debate around what the reason could be in terms of why there are financial woes within the ANC, one of that, uh, those reasons being ghost workers and, and bloated stuff. For how long, I mean, would this have been going on without the knowledge of those decision makers within the ANC that it would get to this point then of, as we say, eight months ago, uh, dealing with unpaid salaries and now debates around retrenching staff? Uh, well, according to to the spokesperson Pulema, there there are people who, since you know COVID nineteen pandemic started, they had not done any work, um, and they were apparently getting paid. But you know, it's contradicting what the other staff members are saying that they are not getting paid, and which you rightly mentioned, um, Paul Mashatile. Also, you know, last year, just before the, the local government elections, admitting that there are people who are not being paid. And, you know, there are obviously um, the ANC also saying it's the, what they're blaming, the Political Party Funding Act um, for failure to pay staff. So it's just interesting, Asa, that, you know, they're talking about um, this Section 189 
um, and saying they've got bloated staff members, but in essence, staff is saying they have not been paid. Um, you know, there are people saying December and November not being paid. What about January school fees, mm. getting children um, what uniform, stationary, as uh, January was, you know, the month where kids go back to school, and the livelihood of people. How are, pe- how are people been, how have people been living all this time? If we spoke about unpaid salary from last year before the local government elections, and obviously a lot of people are not happy with this, including Kosati, you know, it's saying um, it's interesting how, you know, the ANC is talking about um, the failure of not being paying and stuff, now talking about um, the possibility of retrenchment. But in essence, there are employees in government mm-hmm. receiving comfortable salaries. They're still receiving their salaries. So, I mean, these retrenchment talks uh, are supported by several NEC members, uh, it's said. Mm. And others are raising that there could be alternatives instead of retrenching people. What would the alternatives be at this case? Well, some are saying, you know, they can look at how many people um, have been to work since COVID-19. You know, if they're going according to what the spokesperson has uh, allegedly said, if they go according to anything that people who are just, you know, ghost uh, staff members, people who haven't been working um, since COVID-19 but are getting paid, let's look at that. Let's look at those people and then, you know, start there. Um, mm. But my, my, my issue, as I is besides that, there are people who are working, and they are not getting paid. And my fear is what if it's a target to those who've been um, striking or, you know, you know, who've down tools because they were not getting paid. What if it's also a way, you know, of, you know, getting rid of those people who have been vocal about not being paid, you know, going to the media, organizing the protracted strikes. So, um, you know, they're saying that that NEC member saying, you know, let's look at who's and not been working, and let's uh, get rid of those. They are saying there are people who are sitting at home mm. and um, not really doing the actual work, and they are still getting paid. So let's get rid of those people. So is there an organogram that supports that? I mean, or maybe it hasn't been updated since COVID as well. Yes. It hasn't been updated. That's why they want to look at the, you know, uh, redesigning the organogram or the organizational, you know, um, system. Look at the possibility of redesigning it and, um, you know, just see the logistics around the situation of who's working, who's getting paid, who's not working, and who's getting paid. Mm. And it might actually raise the alarm for other parastatals to update or look at those organograms on a more regular basis to see exactly that, answers to those questions. I mean, retrenchments don't just come with just saying goodbye to people also. I mean, they are going to be lump sum payments that need to be made by the ANC to those who are let go of. So if the ANC is already in shambles financially, can they even do these retrenchments? Do they have the money? I'm not sure because, you know, Asa, when they're looking at the different uh, types of jobs that possibly could, you know, be uh, removed, you know, um, it's said that they same positions such as personal assistance, um, you know, before COVID-19, they were actually at the office, you know, doing a lot of things, but now they're doing things virtually. So they're going to look at situations like that. 
And, um, yeah, they're saying, you know, to continue like this where they don't have money is rather they take a decision to retrench people. So it's possible that they have enough money to be retrenching people. But if they have enough money for that, why have they not been paying staff members? Months. Because patient, pension funds will need to be issued out. There, there'll be uh, payments mm. made to those people who are retrenched. It's not like they just leave empty-handed. Yes, definitely. They'll have to pay them out. They'll have to pay them out. Okay, interesting one. I guess we'll be developing uh, that or following the developments of that. Yes. Uh, hashtag Herman Mashaba, Action SA leader, <laughs> calling out uh, Jonathan Janssen. They were having a tour. Uh, and it started with uh, Herman Mashaba making sentiments in terms of those who are employed within the education sector. Tell us more. Yes, so Mashaba was saying that, you know, there are foreign nationals who are um, employed in senior positions in the Department of Education. And, you know, he was saying that uh, the minister and, you know, the unions, if they have knowledge of this, um, they need to speak up. Why is it happening when there are South Africans who are unemployed? Mm. And then um, Professor Janssen was not happy, you know, with the allegations by Umashab. And he called Mashab a, a disgraceful leader. And that what he was saying is a campaign of xenophobia. Because, you know, even before the the local government elections, we saw Herman Mashaba, we saw the action essay and what the party was standing for saying, you know, they want to get rid of, you know, illegal um, citizens in the country or illegal foreigners or, you know, they want to and you see it happening now with things like, you know, Operation Pibula where people are are going around and, you know, um, trying to get rid of people who are working um, in informal sectors and in other jobs, which some people are calling it xenophobic because at, at the end of the day, after you do find people taking advantage of such situations, of such operations to, 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 to infiltrate with their criminal activities and, you know, there is fear of xenophobic attacks. Mm. And then Mashaba goes back again saying that Janssen is promoting lawlessness after what he yes. has said. Well, the, he's an education professor, so he does hold a leadership position in the country. Do you think then that what uh, Herman Mashaba was saying holds in, in saying that how can an academic person take such a stance and how are ordinary South Africans going to respect the laws of the country when someone who's regarded a teacher is being selective in the application of the laws of the country? I think the the issue would be where uh, where is Action SA or Herman Mashaba getting this information, Asa, and what are the statistics, mm. the actual statistics uh, with regards to these appointments that Mashaba is making reference to, um, because he's complaining that it's in the Department of Education, um, saying that you know people like Professor Janssen, senior people like Professor Janssen, know about these things, but they're turning a blind eye to it, and that's why you know he's saying in in, in turning a blind eye, then you're promoting lawlessness because you know about this thing, but you're not saying anything, and they, he's he's referring also to the many many teachers that we hear about that are qualified but they are not employed and you know it it, 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 it to some extent i want to understand if herman mashaba is just referring to employment 
in the Department of Education in the senior position, or is he also referring to teachers on the ground mm. um, at because then, you know, then we're looking at also then two different uh, situations altogether. Because what we see in the news a lot is that the teachers on the ground, many of them are unemployed. Yeah. So, I mean, as you have said, Amashaba, the Action SA leader, has been vocal in terms of clamping down on illegal immigration. Mm. And and in in previous sentiments, uh, things have not sat well with everyone. In 2017... The African mm. Diaspora Forum laid a complaint with the SA Human Rights Commission. That was later reached to have been a settlement with Mashaba. They may yeah. they, they reached a settlement on, on the matter. What do you think then other bodies should be doing or saying in terms of stepping in to making sure that the sentiments shared by Mashaba are not irresponsible, as in the case of the African Diaspora Forum back in 2017? I think it, it depends with how the utterances and allegations are made, Asa, mm. and how the process of it. Um, you know, like I mentioned previously, it would be good to see the, the, the figures, the statistics around what uh, Mashaba is uh, alleging, um, you know, against the Department of Education and whatever department that, you know, he may decide to, 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 to attack or to expose in future dates. Um, I think it's how he's saying it. And, you know, it would be better if he comes with the stats and says, guys, there's this, um, so many critical, maybe there's space for a certain number of critical, skilled uh, foreign nationals that can be employed. And then there's so much space for, um, you know, uh, citizens with critical skills that can be employed, um, you know, where it is balanced. And the, the, it's not um, not favoring one over the other. But also, it's not just about also that. It also then looks at the corruption maybe that is there in the you know getting the senior positions. Uh, what about those who are employing their friends, their families? Um, you know, it's not just about foreign nationals. It, it should be looking at it holistically. People who are getting the jobs, maybe without the right qualifications or not the right way. Okay, let's uh, talk uh, Chesley Christ now. Uh, this is quite a sad story. I mean, such a young woman at the age of 30. Um, he, She uh, is the former Miss USA. 2019, she was Miss USA. And she's died and uh, allegedly after jumping from her luxury 60-story Orient building in New York. How horrible. It's horrible. I said, really, it's horrible. Um, you know, she was also an attorney, um, this young woman. And, you know, a lot of people hailing her for being intelligent, for being beautiful. And... Um, they really hard hit by the news of her passing away just like that. Um, and, you know, yes, some are saying she jumped, some are saying she fell, um, some are saying it is suicide. It just shows us, uh, you know, that a lot of people are going through so many things. And, you know, it's not about the, what you call this, the accolades that a person can have. Um, that you know can bring happiness to them. You can you can get you know you can become this universe. You can have all the money in the world, but essentially you know if there are issues that you are battling with, um, and somehow they, they, they if you see that you know jumping 
is the only solution. It really is a painful, painful, painful realization for the person and also, you know, for the friends and family left behind. Was there or were there any events that maybe she had communicated with someone uh, leading to, and, and I know there's no explanation for such things. Mm. Uh, mm. Were there any events uh, just before this incident, this horrible incident happened that friends and family are recalling? Um, so uh, apparently hours before uh, she she died, she shared a picture of herself, um, I think on social media, and the mm. caption was, may this day bring you rest and peace. And in that picture, she's seen with, you know, Miss, the kind Miss Universe Hanaz, and she was, con- um, sorry, the 2021 Miss Universe Hanaz, and she was congratulating her. And so, you know, they read in, into that saying, you know, mm. maybe you know, she was uh, saying that, you know, after jumping or, you know, whatever is going to take place, she'll finally bring rest and peace. And then that, you know, just says that, you know, she was probably troubled. She was going through a lot because for her to be looking for rest and peace, mm. yeah, it, it, it makes your mind wonder about, you know, what was going on, what was really going on in her life. I think it's even more difficult, as we say, those who are left behind, when there's, yeah. no, there's no letter, there's no explanation for it. And, you, you know, they talk about finding closure. You, you never will. Mm. You, you just yeah. never will. And maybe we need to stop saying those kinds of phrases because I think it puts more pressure on everyone uh, who's left behind. Of course, may her soul rest in peace. So tributes did pour in from the Miss Universe organization, the Miss USA organization. Also, uh, in uh, something that's more uh, close to home was South Africa's uh, Zosibini Tunzi, who was in the Miss Universe pageant with her in 2019. And they shared uh, they were roommates at the time. Yes, and you know she she wrote a long caption um, on her Instagram post, you know, saying you know she's devastated, um, and you know she's trying to you know be, believe the news and she's trying to make sense of what is happening, just like what you were saying right now, where you know people are left behind to pick up the pieces, and it's not fair to be saying ah oh, you know time time heal, heals all wounds or no you know find closure where do you find closure where do you even start mm. and you know we shouldn't be saying such things let people grieve let people you know feel the pain it 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 it, it goes back to also you know recently the passing of you know the actor uh mr patrick, patrick Shine. and you ask yourself i mean me just an ordinary person i i i I'm not his family member, but I asked myself so many things about it because it makes it makes you so sad um, to say. Yeah, it triggers all of us. It, it does. It definitely yes. does something to everyone. Yes, because you ask yourself so many questions. So now imagine close friends and family. There's so many things you just left with, even if, like you say, after there's a letter, even if it's a 20 essay page mm. letter explaining from A to Z, this is what I went through, this is, you will still have questions. Yeah. You will still have what if, and oh, it's just, a, it's, it's, a, it's a terrible, terrible uh, story, this one. It is, I mean, and, and as you say, you, you never know, somebody can be seen as having achieved so much. She, mm-hmm. she literally made American history. I mean, for the first time there were, during her reign, Three black women consecutively reigned as Miss USA, Miss Teen USA, and Miss America in in her year in 2019. And we don't, 
we don't stop stressing this enough on Sound Awake that, you know, we encourage people to find someone they can speak to. There are so yeah. many avenues of help, even if it doesn't seem like anyone cares, someone is, is there to listen and someone does care. That, that's very true. And also what I, I like also what you do on your on the show, as you know, the wellness, looking into different ways of taking care of yourself. Um, it's important. You know, sometimes we neglect ourselves, you know, and we think it's just one way. We think maybe if I just focus on the mental health, it's a lot, you know, also your inner your inner self, your exercising, your, your, just your mindfulness and outlook in life. And like you say, speak to someone. Um, you're, it's, it's, yeah. Yeah. It's sad, uh, for our SFM family members, if you know someone, who needs help or you need help, please get in touch with SADAG. That is the South African Depression and Anxiety Group. And you can call them on 0800 21 22 23. It's quite an easy number to remember. 0800 21 22 23. That's the South African Depression and Anxiety Group. Let's move to our neighbor, hashtag Botswana. Uh, there are calls for Botswana to withdraw a bill regarding intercepting communication. So the government there wants to put something in place that is going to uh, hit media and uh, editors and, and media freedom. What exactly is going on there? Yes, so they want to introduce the, it's called the Criminal Procedure and Evidence Bill. And this bill will allow the government, obviously, then to, or law enforcement agencies to to be able to listen into conversations or communications of journalists and other citizens and it will also um so enforce them to release information and this is a problem obviously because then you know um this is when journalists are speaking to their sources and sometimes you know sources want to remain anonymous um and uh, this will then entail that no one remains anonymous and that information must be shared with law enforcement agencies. And obviously, this is not going well down well with, you know, media groups or media lobby groups, you know. Um, they're saying, you know, this is uh, impeding on media freedom. Is this not already happening in the era of social media where people's phones are always so quick to capture things? We, Case in point, our president Cyril Ramaphosa's recording there around funding put, uh, the parties with, with public funds. We don't even know who took that, uh, that audio and it's already circulated. We have that information. So is it maybe not a case of just the government saying instead of having it in the hands of the public, they're going to get these informations and videos and, and clips on social media uh, circulated anyway, let us rather take control of it. I think that, uh, that is also another way of looking at it, as I yes, you are right, because there are people, you know, just releasing uh, information, releasing tapes, secretly recording. Um, right now in the era of social media, you, you're not going to do something and it's going to remain hidden, especially, you know, if you're in the public eye. So maybe it's a way to control what gets released. It's a way to control what information is shared. Then in the public, they're probably trying to protect, you know, um, officials and possibly citizens where, you know, not it, it, not anyone can just share your information or share things um, regarding you. But also, it is also a way, you know, you look at how the media is treated, you know, in this continent where you you, you 
speak out or you or you write an expose or investigative piece and some journalists get imprisoned, you know, some get prosecuted for that. And, you know, they fear that, you know, this will allow it to happen even more. Mm. And I mean, on the other hand, then I also do worry about anonymity. What will that mean for them, for those who want to remain anonymous? And as you say, those journalists who don't want their names necessarily, you know, exposed in terms of some of the really, really uh, tricky stories that that can come out. Yes, yes. Um, So in, in that instance, also, on the other hand of what you mentioned about, you know, maybe controlling uh, the way information is shared and what is shared, um, you know, there are some people who will say they are whistleblowers or they want to remain anonymous and they come in with information. Sometimes that information is not even true. It's unfounded, you know, it's probably a way of uh, trying to get back at the person that, they try, that they're trying to expose with a personal vendetta. So um, there are two ways to look at it. Yeah. The government hasn't said anything about it. You know, they haven't commented or responded um, about, you know, wh- why they actually came up with this piece of legislation or they're proposing it. But there are many ways to look at it, as you have mentioned also, Asa. Yeah, a press conference is definitely needed because clarity is they need to thoroughly explain the uh, yes. The government of Botswana, I mean, for their people, the, the rationale is, is very important. Then maybe we'll just not be so up in arms. Okay, let's end yeah. on a positive yeah. note. Uh, talking hashtag Nadal and his celebrating. So Roger Federer uh, also paying an emotional tribute to Rafael Nadal after his 21st Grand Slam at the Australian Open there, this champ. What did Federer say? Federer, you know, posted and said, what a match, uh, you know. He's busy recovering from his injury. Um, so on his Instagram story, he was like, he was saying to my friend and great rival, <laughs> Rafael mm. Nadal, heartfelt congratulations on becoming the first man to win 21 Grand Slam singles titles. Another one who also uh, congratulated him is the one who was deported, mm. our friend Novak <laughs> Djokovic. Um, he also congratulated uh, Nadal on his Twitter uh, page, you know, saying congratulations, Rafael, for the 21st Grand Slam. Amazing achievement. Always impressive. Fighting spirit that prevailed another time. So, you know, a lot of people are excited for Nadal. Um, you know, it came with a lot of controversy, this Australian Open. Mm. We didn't even know what was going to happen with the reigning champion. Is he going to stay? Is he not going to stay? Then he was deported. Mm, Djokovic. And that's, a, <laughs> I don't know if I'm, I'm being sour or I'm being silly. <laughs> because Djokovic was turned away, but he's still the world's number one men's singles based on points uh, and yes. that he's accumulated. So even though he was kicked out, and Nadal, yes, we celebrate him, but uh, Djokovic is still world number one. <laughs> and technically, he's still the Australian Open champion. He didn't, he didn't defend his title. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I feel like he should post tongue out. <laughs> he must take a, was... a selfie with his tongue out and post it just like... so we can have something to talk about again. <laughs> I like the fact that he actually said something, you know, <laughs> because people are going to say, oh, he's sour. If, you know, he didn't say anything, but obviously yeah. it's a sport, it's a game, and he, do, he does realize that it's not Raphael who turned him away. It's, you know, the laws and of the country and what have you. 
Uh, mm. We want to see with the other Grand Slams that are going to be played this year what's going to happen. Are they also going to have the no vax, no playing rule in place? Especially now, as we're seeing a lot of countries in Europe are saying they're relaxing lockdown regulations <laughs> because they're saying we must just start living with this thing now. Um, it didn't really work. Then, you know, the social distance, mask, sanitizing. Remember, you were asking about the masking last week. Yeah. If people... <laughs> so, you know, they think, let's just relax and live with this thing um, and see how it goes. So, it, it, it's good for Natal, but yeah, we didn't see Novak, um, you know, play in this tournament. Can I be cheesy a bit and say that Novak's for Novak? <laughs> <laughs> Around, hey? <laughs> did, the, did somebody do that as a headline? No. So somebody but needs they to. Have been, they have been calling you Novak, Novak. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized that now, so I missed that. Okay, we've got a voice note for you, Busi, before we let you go. Let's take a listen. Okay. Sandra, family and friends, and those in the background, I good morning to everybody. Yeah, it's been raining since I left. I left Cape Town yesterday afternoon. I've got rain from Beaufort West and here towards Bloodwind. The thing is still raining. Sandra, one thing I admire about your social commentator, you can take her from Cape to Cairo. She's, she's got the answer for you. <laughs> no, she's well, she's well informed with what's happening in the world. <laughs> Look from where you started with her. From Urban Mashaba to where you busy with her now, but she's got answers for you. No, I, I admire her. I admire her, and I can hear by the tone of her voice she likes her work, just like I do like trucking. <laughs> Have a blessed day, everybody, and when you go home, go home safely. Thanks for keeping us informed and posted and tuned into Asanda. Thank you. Have a blessed day. Thank you, Uncle Joe. There you go, Rachatebe. He's spot on, absolutely. You just know uh, what needs to be. That's why you are where you are, and and you are living your awakened life, aren't you? Yes. Passion, passion with what you have. (laughs) A boy, a note for you from Uncle Joe there. Thank you, Uncle Joe. Thank you. Okay, and you must have a great Tuesday until we chat again. Be safe. Thank you. I tell you too. Have a great one. Thanks. We appreciate you. Social commentator, SABC News, digital content creator, talking uh, trending topics here. Some more-